Welcome to the Church Solutions Podcast, brought to you by JSL Solutions. The Church Solutions Podcast is designed to help equip you and your church in the use of technology and other tools and services. And now, here are your hosts, Steve Lacey and Phil Thompson. And hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Church Solutions Podcast. My name is Phil Thompson, and it's so good to have you here with us today as we do this weekly podcast. And again, my my partner in crime, as I mentioned last week, Steve Lacey, uh, and I emphasize crime. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but he is my partner, a great guy, good co-worker, and uh, of course, our CEO of our company. Uh, he's been under the weather. He had to do uh, had to go through some surgi- surgical procedures uh, had the gallbladder removed and then had some uh, I don't know if you want to call it complications but uh, some stones I guess in the bile ducts or something I don't know but uh, he's doing well now he's home and he's getting his strength back but it took uh, took a lot out of him I mean it's like a week or so without eating you know and all that stuff so uh, with me today is Brittany Messerly and Brittany how are you I'm doing well how are you Good. You know, your last name is Messerly, right? Mm-hmm. And Brittany does work with us here. I know it sounds odd that I don't know her last name. I, I, <laughs> I just call her Brittany a lot. But I was thinking the other day about your last name, and in, 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 uh, this is way off track here, but uh, but I'll go down the road anyhow. Uh, there used to be this story in my family. I'm Thompson. My family's Thompson. But there was a story that the Thompsons really weren't the Thompsons and that uh, a, a boy was adopted. No, a little a girl was adopted that was pregnant into the uh, the Thompson family, but her last name was Messinger. And so, uh, so whenever I think of your name, Messer Lee, I kind of want to say Messinger because that was drummed in my head for years. Which, by the way, uh, through uh, DNA testing, uh, we're pretty sure that proved not to be true. <laughs> So uh, Thompsons are Thompsons, I guess, and there's no German or whatever in us. So, uh, and I'm assuming you've got some German in you, right? Yes. Okay, that's what I would think it would be. Okay, so enough rambling. Uh, we do this podcast all the time. We're a tech company. We do streaming video. We do mobile apps. We do lots of tools for churches, content management, and we will talk about tech things, but we also talk about other subjects because we're all, all of us are, are involved in our, our churches and Many of us involved in leadership, and today we're going to talk about a topic that I think is very helpful to pastors. My church actually did a series on this a couple of years ago. I think it's a topic very helpful to pastors, to people involved in leadership, the church, people involved in volunteer roles. I think it's it's good for anybody because it's all about relationships. So tell us, Brittany, what are we talking about today? Yes. So today we are talking about emotional intelligence. So emotional intelligence is basically the ability to understand and manage your own emotions and for people around you, not just in leadership positions, but as Phil mentioned, it's very important for leadership positions because you're obviously managing people and this is how you understand them so you can manage them better. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I I think of this whole topic, I think of the scripture in Galatians, uh, the fruit of the spirit is self-control. And, uh, you know, I think that's just a real important thing in our lives and just our everyday relationships, but especially those of us involved in ministry. It's, it's, a, it's a passionate thing for all of us, no matter what level we might be on. And right. it's real important that we understand what emotional intelligence is and, and, and really how it can 
can work, the, the keys to it, and how it can benefit us. And so I'm going to just kick it over to you and tell us a little bit about this. Yeah. So speaking of kind of success and how emotional intelligence can help you, many studies have been done to show how emotional intelligence and um, different social skills are actually four times more important than IQ when you're considering success of people. So this is studies that have looked at really successful entrepreneurs, different CEOs, uh, uh, people in science field, PhDs, really the, the people that are most successful in their fields, they tend, they tend to have a high IQ, but it was shown again and again that more importantly, it was how they work with people and how they know how to manage people and how they understand their own emotions and how that impacts people. And one of the best things about emotional intelligence is that it can be learned. So it's a total skill that, as you said, you, you guys did, you know, different lessons about it. And it's something that we can all learn and we can all better at, even if you're maybe pretty good at talking to people, there's still different keys that we can go over to, um, make to improve. Yeah. So, um, so we're going to go over five keys to emotional intelligence. So these are kind of how they're typically broken down to understand them better. Um, and the first one is self-awareness. So for self-awareness, some tips for this, uh, one really good one is 360 degree feedback. So this is that you can evaluate your own performance and then match it up against your the opinions of your different peers, people that you work really closely with, so that you can gain an insight on how your behavior is perceived. Because sometimes the way that we see how we're acting, it doesn't actually match up with how other people are viewing the way that we're behaving. Mm -hmm. So this is a way that you can make sure that everyone's on the same page with how you're performing in whatever leadership position you have. If you're a pastor, you want to make sure that you're, that people view you, that they can come and talk to you, that you are very open to feedback and, for, and um, with counseling with people. And so this is just a way to make sure that the way that you're viewing yourself is matches up with how others view you. What, what's a practical way to do that? I mean, I know uh, and that, this requires vulnerability. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, and it's hard sometimes when you're a pastor or you're involved in a, in a key leadership position. So, I mean, what, what's a practical way to do that uh, just off the top of your head? I would say, well, in my experience, just having a very open discussion about it, just maybe sending out an email or a text to the to those, well, first identify those that could give you the best feedback. So maybe people that directly report to you or people that you work with closely and just send them a message saying that you would like to have a uh, basically a feedback session. You could also do a a 360 degree feedback with them as well. You could make it so that it's kind of maybe everyone in leadership. So maybe you're not singling yourself out specifically, but just say that you would like some feedback. And uh, there's a lot of different little kind of feedback forms online that you can look up if you're looking up uh, emotional intelligence, self-awareness, or just 360 degree feedback. There's a lot of different forms. And then See, I would suggest having the kind of formal sit down so that it's like, um, it's not just like you talking to someone at the water cooler or anything like that. It's like right. you're really sitting down to really talk about this. Um, yeah. yeah. And then good, and yeah. you could also, if 
the person wouldn't feel comfortable maybe talking to you in person about things that they're unsure about, you can also just send them the form and say that they could just fill it out or they could do it anonymously if you want, if you have a bigger group of people to do. Um, just, yeah, because it kind of depends on how your church is set up and who's available when. Sure, absolutely. Well, you've got uh, some other things in here, too, as mm -hmm. I'm cheating here and looking at your notes. you got the 360-degree feedback deal. You also talk about using a journal. Yes. So journals are really helpful for self-awareness. If you just spend a couple minutes a day writing down your thoughts or your feelings, your actions, and then reflecting back on that level, uh, on that later, mm -hmm. that can really... Well, you can get to a lot higher degree of self-awareness that way because you're really seeing what you're doing. And yeah. I know from personal experience, it helps quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah, I used to journal. I haven't been journal journaling for a, quite a while, and I used to do it. It's very helpful for me. And then you've got the, the point here in your notes that I'm looking at. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is, is that uh, you, you mentioned sense of humor, which, which of yeah. course, I like. Right. Uh, but tell us how sense of humor works with self-awareness. Yeah, so um, one of the kind of experts in emotional intelligence, um, his last name's Goldman, he has been working with this for a really long time. And so he says that people who possess really high levels of self-awareness and kind of a way to gauge what your level of self-awareness is, is they have a really good sense of humor with both their own mistakes and other people's mistakes. And they're able to laugh at themselves. They're able to, even if maybe it's more of a touchy subject for them. If you're still able to have that sense of humor with yourself and being able to not take yourself so seriously, mm -hmm. then it can really help both you understand yourself more and how other people view you. And so he found it's, um, there's a couple others besides sense of humor. He said that suggests people who possess high levels of self-awareness have a good sense of humor. Uh, they're also confident in themselves and their abilities and very aware of how other people perceive them. So all of those kind of go together as the a good check for your self-awareness is yeah. your sense of humor. Yeah, kind I of like a funny that. one. Because <laughs> so, well, you don't like think of that with self-awareness. Yeah. So, uh, so, so the first key is self-awareness, and then the second key is going to be self-management. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about that when it comes to emotional intelligence. Yes. So self-management, or sometimes referred to as uh, self-regulation. So one of the big ones for this is holding yourself accountable. Um, this kind of goes without saying, but it's a good reminder that if you make a mistake, not to blame others when something goes wrong, or, or maybe if it's a team effort, not singling out one person if they were more in charge of a certain thing that went wrong. Um, and to, and it really addresses how important in leadership it is to make a commitment to admit your mistakes and how those under you really look up to that and really respect when a leader is able to say that they're wrong. It's it can be a really good boost for morale for the team because then it doesn't put you as such like a high head honcho type position, but more right. with everyone else. And so, yeah, it can be a really great thing when leaders are able to admit that they're wrong and face the consequences and understand and also ask for forgiveness from people that um, work for them. It's yeah, it's a really it's a really great thing. Makes you more approachable, I think. Oh, for, you definitely. Yeah. It makes you a lot more human, makes you a lot more likable in leadership positions. People like people that are able to admit they're wrong. It's, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And That's it shows that you're really thinking about how you specifically influence others. Yeah. And another 
part of this is, uh, oh, practice being calm. So this goes with when things are really hectic and stressful. And oh, it kind of goes with my last point here. So practice being calm and also take a time out for reflection or prayer. So this is if there's a very stressful situation or, may, or some conflict. We're going to talk about conflict resolution a little bit later. But if there's, if maybe there's a really bad deadline that's coming up that you weren't so um, won't prepared for and everyone's looking at you for what you're supposed to do. If you take that time to reflect on how you're going to respond to this and perhaps pray about it, if you start to feel angry or start to feel like you're going to maybe lash out or maybe not be as kind as you should be, um, to really just take that time to like remind yourself where you are, what you're doing, maybe pray for some help if you're really feeling angry in a situation where you need to respond to people very quickly, um, and just take that time to kind of reflect before, before doing yeah, good stuff. That, that's very good practical stuff. Should we move on to the third point? Yes. Yeah. We. So the third point is motivation. So this goes into intrinsic motivation. So intrinsic motivation is is basically people doing action based upon internal reward instead of external reward. So. For example, if you're watching this podcast because you're interested in pastor leadership or how you can better yourself as a pastor or in a different church leadership position, then you're a lot more likely to actually take what we're saying and actually apply it into your life than if someone's just making you watch this. If they're just saying, hey, Streaming Church has a new podcast, go watch it. Or if you were doing it for an academic grade of some sort, if we have that, um, if this was actually a class. But it studies show time and time again that, I mean, it's basically no question that people are much more likely to be successful in what they're doing, being happy what they're doing, um, just really feeling a sense of accomplishment and really willing to do the extra mile for whatever the project is if they have internal reward versus external reward. So kind of a way as in a leadership position in a church, you're kind of in a, a nice spot where people should be there to help the church. People should be feel that internal reward because they're helping a church that they love. And so having different kind of maybe meetings that discuss like why we're really here, why we're doing this, especially if there's been different, maybe trying times in the church. Um, just kind of making sure that people remember that they're working for the church for a greater good instead of just an external reward, basically. Yeah, yeah. definitely a greater cause, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's why in a lot of different nonprofits, and a lot of religious organizations, there can be such, um, it can be a really great, great place for growth and great place for um, for innovation and all different types of things because people feel very strongly about where they are. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's really and good. Then, so what kind of goes along with that with motivation is just re-examining yourself while you're in a church leadership position. Uh, re-examining, I mean, that can also go with praying about it, kind of making sure that your motivations align, not just the people below you, but that your own intrinsic motivation is there for uh, why you're leading the church. And then also the power of optimism. So for leadership, optimism is very important. Um, not so much doing like blind optimism if things are happening and then you're just not like lying to people about things being better than they are, but having the optimistic outlook about 
so maybe something went wrong or maybe you're just kind of in a slump and then you're able to direct people the right way to go. You're able to say, yeah, maybe this was a bit of a setback, but here's how we're going to fix it. Here's what we're doing moving forward here. I don't think that this, this is going to stay this way. We have these steps to move forward, basically. Yeah, yeah I, I think optimism. I mean, you know, let's face it. We'd rather be around positive people than negative yeah, people, right? Exactly. And it's easy sometimes to get negative and you get hit with a bunch of things. You're having a bad week or something. But I think, you know, part of the whole thing of walking in faith is is optimistic because you're you're trusting God uh, for things in your life. You're trusting God for the future. And, uh, you know, there's lots of promises throughout the scriptures. Stuff we're talking about here, we haven't, you know, we haven't posted scriptures next to it. But I, I can see <laughs> lots of these things all throughout the scriptures. And, and I think that it's true. I think it's very true. So optimism, I think, is, is very much a powerful thing. And, and uh, uh, I've, I've had to work on that over the years. I think I'm a lot better now than I used to be years ago with it. And, and I just feel much better when I'm optimistic about something than yeah. if I'm negative. And, you know, again, you're not walking we're not saying we deny reality right no. but we're saying hey there's possibilities even mm -hmm. when things don't look too good so and yeah. especially because it's very contagious for other people especially when you're in a leadership position that mm -hmm. if if you're kind of doom and gloom all the time then people that follow you aren't gonna <laughs> right. aren't as likely to be happy about what they're doing yeah absolutely yeah. and so the fourth one is empathy so uh, most of us know what empathy is it's basically putting yourself in someone else's emotional state or their situation mm -hmm. um but a lot of people don't know what to do from that or kind of how to sense other people's emotions i mean a lot of people won't just go out and tell you if something's mm -hmm. really wrong and so one of the best parts to understand other people's emotions and then be able to have empathy is paying attention to body language mm -hmm. a lot of how humans connect or how humans conversate or interact with each other isn't verbal it's through body language so if someone i mean a famous one is like if you cross your arms you're more you know um kind of turned off from people more closed off from people and if you kind of just look around in a meeting of maybe different leadership positions or different people that you work with if you really pay attention to how people are sitting how their posture is if they keep looking down if they're looking um like they're not engaged in the meeting. There's a lot of different ways that you can kind of tell if people are checked out or um, there's some really, maybe we can post some, but there's some really good books about reading body language and different articles about it. Just kind of, um, it's it's a really interesting science actually, because it's yeah. there's a lot of different things that you can notice. Yeah, I, I think you're right about that. I've been in lots of board meetings where I saw those things displayed, <laughs> probably right. by myself as well, probably right. times. It's like, oh, here we go again. Right. <laughs> That's an important point, though, that um, with this is also paying attention to your own body language, especially when you're leading. If you're if you have bad body language, then a lot of people won't be as receptive to what you're saying. That's right. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I, I always I, I think I'm much more empathetic now than I ever have been. But I, I think when I was younger, I just didn't have a lot of empathy for people. And I, I can't explain it. I don't know why, uh, you know, and I even had, you know, there was people in my life that passed away and people that had illnesses and stuff. And uh, I'm not sure what the deal was, but I, I'm certainly much more empathetic now. I've, I've obviously got a ways to go. I'm, you know, nobody's perfect and I'm far from that. But uh, empathy 
is, I think, so important, uh, you know, with connecting to people, especially if you're in ministry, because especially if somebody's hurting. I mean, we've been talking a little bit about maybe board meetings and things like that. But but there's things, too. You, know, you have people in your congregation, people you'll work with in ministry or even even if you're not in ministry. Or even just know. in the congregation. Yeah. You know, and I mean, it's so important to be able to empathize with people. Uh, because people are hurting, and uh, they we, we need each other. And when we can empathize, uh, it makes a, a big difference for the person that's hurting. Right. right. And it, yeah, as you were saying, that was a great point, talking about having empathy with your congregation, not just people that you work with. but And that also allows you to have a better social connection with others, and it really promotes your helping behaviors. It's, it's a really interesting kind of like... Um, Neuro, there's a lot of actually neuroscience around empathy, but it's it does if you have a serious empathy for people, you will naturally want to help them, and you'll naturally be better at helping them and more engaged in helpful behaviors because kind of you're put in the mindset where like oh I actually need to help this person, and what goes along um, kind of with this and might be why you might have been less empathetic in the past is there are certain roadblocks to empathy. There are things like, and so these are things that you kind of have to really self-reflect about for yourself, for everyone, for you personally, because it's falling victim to different cognitive biases. And so being able to look at yourself and how you view the world and being able to realize if you have a bias towards certain groups of people, and because with those biases come with like dehumanization, basically, and so when you view people as kind of different than you or you have a bias towards them that might have been put on you when you were raised or maybe just different times in life, you had maybe a negative tend to dehumanize them. And so then we won't feel empathy for them. And so that's kind of the blockage for empathy. That's a real good point. Absolutely. You've got in, in, in your notes, which I've uh, cheated and looked at, uh, <laughs> You have leaders who master empathy perform more than 40% higher in coaching, engaging others in decision, decision making. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's, that's interesting how that is. Yeah. It's a, it's a nice kind of tie up for empathy is how people with um, higher levels of empathy just perform better and will engage with others in decision making, which is very important for pastors and church right. leadership. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good point. Okay, so the fifth one, shall yes. we move on here? We got a couple more minutes. Social skills. We're yes. talking about fifth and last. Fifth and last. Social right. skills. So with social skills, I guess I'll actually. Um, so learning how to praise individuals and groups is very important. So a few aspects about this: um, you want to match the praise with the effort. You don't want to go kind of <laughs> huge for maybe a, a small deed and then it's kind of a bit odd that you praise them so much for kind of a small thing. Um, but opposite, you also don't want to, if they've done a huge amount of work for you, uh, you don't want to look like you're being ungrateful. So you want to kind of, you want to see how you're going to, or set guidelines for how you're going to praise individuals and groups in a work setting so that you don't overpraise someone, maybe that you have a more close personal relationship with, or underpraise someone that maybe you don't work as much with. Um, there's, if you want to look more into it, there's a whole 
uh, there's a lot of articles about how to kind of manage praise when you're in a leadership position. Um, one of kind of an easy one to do is, you know, writing a sincere thank you note. People really appreciate that. Uh, I had a manager once who used to leave little notes with um, usually because she always knew our favorite type of like candy or baked goods. So she would leave like a little goodie and then a little note just basically saying thank you for like working overtime or thank you for helping me with this project. You did so much for me. Um, just like a little thank you that shows that you actually you really appreciate them. Yeah, I, I think that's good. I've worked with people in ministry and, and myself included here. Uh, I, I'm very task oriented. Mm -hmm. And so when people uh, who are working with me or maybe under me, if I'm in some kind of a leadership capacity, which I, I am and have been, uh, there's a tendency in the way I'm wired to think when somebody does the task, they're like, well, yeah, you did the task. Good. That's right. what you were supposed to do, you know? Right. And, and, but, but again, over the years, I begin to realize that, you know, showing gratitude for people, uh, maybe it's, maybe it is their job, but, but, you know, showing gratitude for what they, what they do and what they've done, uh, again, just really, uh, just lightens people's hearts, you know, and, and, and brightens their day. Yeah. And they're just much more likely to, it, it goes kind of more into intrinsic motivation. It's part of what makes them more motivated to actually, right. actually do great work for you and stay with you. And, they feel like they're appreciated and everyone wants to feel like they're appreciated, even though, as you said, yeah, it's, it's their job, but they also want to feel like they're really contributing and that what they're doing actually, actually matters. Cause people really, most people really care about what they're doing, having it matter. Yeah. And this is so important when you're working with volunteers and, you know, in any organization, especially just so important that definitely any unpaid, any unpaid work, it, yeah. all of these are like tenfold for anyone that's unpaid for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, last bullet point about this when we talk about social skills. Uh, yes, we're going to talk, well, we're just going to glance over um, conflict resolution. Okay. So just a few kind of quick things about conflict resolution is when you're dealing with two people that are having either a small or large conflict, you need to listen to what is felt as well as what is said. You want to make sure that even though when you're listening, you're connecting to a more deeper need for what they're saying and their emotions behind it. Sometimes people can blow things up because of something underlying that's actually really bothering them. So being aware of that is important. Um, making conflict resolution the priority instead of like winning or someone being right. You want to make sure it's, we actually want to, we want to be respectful of everyone's viewpoints and we want the priority to be that everyone goes away with a strengthened relationship and that no one's, they're not fighting anymore. Not that anyone's won. Um, you want to focus on the present. That's a big one is not pulling in things that have happened in the past. That's big for people. You want to be well. You want to have an environment of forgiveness. You, yourself as a leader needs to be willing to forgive, especially if they're maybe fighting over something that then is going to reflect onto you. Like if they're fighting over something that went wrong, uh, you want to be show them that you're willing to forgive, no matter who maybe is more in the wrong. That you're still able to forgive everyone, and that you know when to let something go. Um, basically, if the argument isn't really that isn't really about work and it's more a personal argument and 
if there's no way to resolve it, that they can kind of get to a point where at least they can agree to disagree and that mm -hmm. they can let it go and move on and just maybe not talk about that topic anymore. If it's more of like a personal topic, mm -hmm. um, then kind of have an agreement at the end of like, this is how we're going to move forward. Um, so yeah, those are, <laughs> those are some quick things about that. And yeah. that's emotional intelligence. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, I think they're good points. Obviously they're, they're points that, we all need to put some energy in and work on. I mean, you know, as I was telling you, I, I, I'm, I like this topic and uh, I have uh, looked into it over the years and I think I, I think it's really helped me. I have a ways to go, but I think it's really well, helped me. we all do. <laughs> yeah, I think, I, I think it's maybe a better person, better leader. Uh, and so uh, I'm excited about it. So uh, emotional intelligence, uh, Brittany Messerly has been our guest today. Uh, we'd love to get your feedback on this. You can just shoot us an email, support at streamingchurch.tv. That's one of our domains and one of the things we do here. Uh, and again, I think this is all about relationships. And to me, Christianity is all about relationships. And so I think it fits in really well, and I think it's a positive thing. So, again, uh, feedback would be welcome. Support at streamingchurch.tv. Well, thank you, Brittany. Sure appreciate this. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's good. It's good to have you on here. We've had you on here before. We'll have you on you again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we will. Is that and a promise so, or a threat? <laughs> uh, we'll have you. We'll get you on here again. And uh, so, so we're going to wrap things up for Steve Lacey. Uh, he should be back next week. So we'll uh, we'll have Steve back on here next week. And uh, uh, folks, we sure appreciate uh, you spending a little bit of time listening to the Church Solutions Podcast. I'm Phil Thompson. I hope you have a great day. We'll catch you next time. Take care. <laughs>